Francisco 49 is deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, stiff form going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Groovy, Walgreens, Bill Belichick, where all students of Bill Walsh don't ever forget. Hi guys, this is the 49er Fearful UK Show, and I'm Lee Gowland, your host. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, we are a UK-based booster club of the San Francisco 49ers and are purely fans discussing 49er football. Tonight, I'm joined once again by Najee Karat, Paul Hope and Adam Fishlock. Evening, guys. Are we all happy this fine Monday? Good evening. Yes, very happy. Evening, yes. Very, very happy indeed. Victory Monday, Lee. Of course, we're happy. Whoop, whoop. Well, I know you're happy, Paul. I saw all those. Um, what were the orange 12s that you won? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, what yeah. orange 12s? 48 I've been of them. looking for those everywhere. Paul, uh, your man. Yeah. <laughs> I won a box of 48. Um, a local sweet shop opened up and did one of those competitions where you enter. So me and Ruby went yesterday, decked in our Niners gear for, to collect her prize. Wouldn't it have been fantastic nice. if that box was a box of 50, but there was one missing? Oh. <laughs> it would have been an omen. It would have been. An it omen been. that you need to get some running trainers on and get out and run off the 49 <laughs> Orange 12. Have you got a badumch soundbite? I have got a badump soundbite. Where is it at? There you go. So, I'm going to switch it around a little bit tonight and uh, we'll quickly go over the predictions that we made on the last show. And I'll start with Adam and Paul. So, you weren't too far off on the 49ers points total, but appear to have given the Giants more credit than they deserved. How do you feel now about your prediction? You both went for 28-24, by the way. Yeah. Um, well, I'm, I'm very happy that, that the Giants' score was was so far off. I mean, I have to admit, you know, in the first half, I thought, oh, this is this is looking pretty spot on. Um, and then they just they were just terrible. I expected them, uh, you know, to rally. You know, not quite as good as we did, but at least somewhat better than they did. They just seemed to have absolutely nothing on offense. Yeah. Got to agree with you there. I was very surprised at how poor they were, to be honest. Very surprised. Um, but obviously, it, it doesn't justify the close game that you had. Unlucky on that. But you, you were very close with the 49ers points. Again, both Najee and myself weren't a million miles away with the 49ers score, um, purely because we had exactly the same score as yourselves. 28 points to the 49ers. And we're actually a lot closer on the Giants score. Not sure about you, Najee, but I'm pretty happy with that. Um, your score was 28-14 and I went for 28-13. Yeah, um, yeah, very happy indeed. Um, yeah, as Adam just said, I didn't really expect the, the Giants to give up, basically, because that's what, that's what it looked like almost. They just had absolutely nothing, um, giving us first down for free and just really, they just wanted to get out of MetLife Stadium as fast as we wanted to get out of that, it looked like. Um, yeah, good victory. Um, very good performance on both sides of the ball. I'm sure we're going to talk about a few players um, and and a potential controversy. I think I think we need to talk about it. But 
I'm glad um, you said that, Natchi, because that's where I'm starting. If I'm on the same wavelength as you, obviously we've never discussed this, but I think I know what you're talking about, and we'll start there. So okay. let's get stuck into the game, starting with the performance of Nick Mullins. Yeah. How did he do, Natchi? He did extremely well. I thought he played um, a very clean game. Uh, he broke some kind of record that only Montana did. Uh a while back, uh, what was it? 300 plus yard in five consecutive game for the Niners or six consecutive game for the Niners. So I think it was uh, going off consecutive starts. So he's on yeah, game yeah, yeah. eight. Was he on game eight? No, he's not Something on game like eight. That. He's on, um, yeah, I think it was no, game nine more. actually, wasn't it? Yeah. So it was, yeah, it was a certain amount of yards for your first consecutive amount of games played. And he's now tied with Montana. So yep. if he plays on Sunday against the Eagles and throws for more, I think it's if he throws for more than 250 yards, then he he, he stands alone as the yeah. record holder. Which is, which is insane to think about when you're here in retrospect. But no, I think he had a clean game. Um, there, was a, there was a couple of mistakes. He could have had a few picks if the ball had been deflected uh, differently a, a couple of times. There's a couple of bad throws. But I, f- I thought overall he looked pretty great. Now... It's it's hard to say. The, as we said, I think when it's going to come back quite a lot. The Giants looked awful, um, almost as bad as the Jets on defense so, as well. So let, let, let us stop you there. I'm glad you said that. So obviously before the show began, Paul mentioned something and I said, I'm glad you've really mentioned that because I'm going to use that phrase when we get to a certain part of the show. And I'll use it now. You can only beat what was put in front of you. Yeah, absolutely, and and he just did that, and he did he did it really well. I thought um, the controversy we talk about is, well, there's a lot of Jimmy G haters out there, and uh, and it's one of the first thing I read uh, the day after on on the night is uh, let's bench him and start Nick Mullins. I I think we can have a healthy conversation about it about the competition because he did look very good. He looked better than Jimmy in the pocket. I thought. Um, but he also played a different defense. So uh, I'm going to pass that to you. I personally don't think uh, we should bench Jimmy for Nick Mullins just yet. Um, he'll, he'll have to play some actual teams and take us to a Super Bowl for me to post judgment on that. So uh, I know what you're going to say, Paul, because you're a massive Jimmy fan. So I'll, I'll pass it to Adam. What do you What do you think about that? Um, well, I think about his game first. What you- well, I, mean, I think I think he had a, I think he had a, a good game. Um, you know, he didn't lose the game for us. I, I wouldn't say necessarily won the game for us either. Um, very clean, as you said. You know, a couple of throws uh, he'd like to have back. Um, but uh, yeah, you can only beat who you put in front of you. And I think it, we need to remember that when we're talking about this kind of potential controversy. It was it was the Giants. Um, I think also, um, you know, Kyle. Well, not only uh, is a master at designing plays, but he's a master at coming up with game plans as well. There was uh, a, a lot more um, uh, thought going into how we would play the Giants, sort of, you know, um, running down the clock, playing the possession game, um, as was shown by, you know, what did they have, like seven minutes of possession in the first half or something like oh, that, which yeah. is just ridiculous. Um, so, yeah, for me... 
uh, you know the, the stats the montana stat is is great but until he until he beats anybody of note um it's still it's still jimmy's job yeah i, I mean i agree um, we can't be surprised by success on sunday i mean he had he played pretty well when he last played in 2018 i mean what stood out for me last night was his poise yeah. He, he, he hung in the pocket just long enough to get you know his targets down the field. He completed was it ten different passes, three hundred and forty-three passing yards, like you've said there, up and up with you know the greats of Montana. Um, I mean, it was no means perfect, and I'm not trying to criticise because I am a Jimmy G fan. I agree with everything you've said, Nadia. We need to just see how this plays out. It's one game it's against the Giants, and let's not remember the Giants were a bad football team. Coming into this, we were giving them a bit more credit than the Jets, but like Adams just said there, Kyle Shanahan pl- planned for that. He, he had a game plan in place and Nick Mullins executed it. I also liked how Nick responded to one in the first half when it looked like he, he was going to get picked and the ball was in the air and he batted it down. And I think he got those nerves out of the way in the first half. When I rewatched the game back today, he didn't start great. That's what I mean. He, he wasn't perfect, especially during the first half. But he moved the ball effectively, and I am delighted that it wasn't as close as what I predicted, by the way. <laughs> Does he remind you of another quarterback? Um, not really, to be fair. He's... No, go on. You've clearly got somebody in mind. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if, I've, uh, if I mentioned it on the preview show, but I think he looks a lot like Brett Favre. I think he's a gunslinger. I think he he's got this confidence about him that he'll he'll make a risky throw. And what we've seen so far, and if you go back to twenty eighteen as well, what we saw when he was playing there, he, he's willing to take a risk. Now that might be because he's undrafted and he knows that every time he gets an opportunity, he needs to take this opportunity. So therefore, he's less risk averse. I see Jimmy, who's got the contract, he's entrenched as the franchise quarterback. And I think that's the difference between them. When you watch Nick Mullins play compared with Jimmy, I think Nick takes a lot more chances. And so far, the vast majority of those risks have paid off for him. I mean, yeah. when I watch him play, I'm excited to watch him play because I know he's going to take those risks. And based off the percentages so far, he generally comes up with with the risk. He, he's he's very good at doing that. He he's just an exciting player. I, I like Nick Mullins. When I saw him play in twenty eighteen, as soon as I saw him play, I thought well, we might have a controversy here because I think he's very very good. And the negatives that people have picked out about him, and bearing in mind this was back in twenty eighteen when he was just starting, was he, he can't throw outside the numbers, which was fair enough. He'd only just started. It was his first game, first couple of games. But then they latch on to the same negative all the time and it did just repeat it. Whereas to me, I've seen him throw outside the numbers plenty of times. And we're now seeing him throw a lot deeper passes because another negative was, oh, he doesn't have the arm strength. But it's clear, it's clear to me he now does have the arm strength and he can make those throws. I think he's very good with the ball, ball security. Um, the Blake Mar- Martinez sack I think if that was Jimmy we might have lost the ball there because of how quickly he came through he was completely unblocked straight through the O-line and Nick just dropped made sure the ball was safe and just shook that one off 
So I, I like them. Do I think he should replace Jimmy? No, I don't. But as long as Jimmy's out or not 100%, I don't think we should rush Jimmy back. Because for me, over the next couple of games, we've got a quarterback that can win us games. And I saw that back in 2018, which is why I was really excited to see how far he'd progressed when we watched him play against the Giants. Yeah, I think I think this whole controversy thing is is all the expectation, right? We and we talked about it when critics came out to uh, take Jimmy down after the first game. People expect him to be elite, to be you know one of the top five quarterback in in the league, and he hasn't shown that yet, and that's why he's getting grief. Nick Mullins, there's no expectation of him. Um, nobody knows really who he is, about from. The people that watch him on Monday night against the Raiders, and there was a big thing about it, but I can guarantee you pretty much everybody's <clears throat> forgotten about him. So I think, yeah, it's expectation. But I, I welcome the controversy. I think I think it's great to have a competition at, at quarterback because it's going to pull both of those guys up and it's going to make Jimmy better. It's going to make Nick Mullins better. And as you say, if if one of you know if Jimmy's not 100 percent and Nick Mullins is in the game, I, I have confidence he can he can win us games. Um, but no, I, I don't I don't think I think the ceiling is is lower. You know, the, the, we talk about that quite a lot when we talk about players is the, their floor and their ceiling and um, in respect to what what they can achieve and what what they how, how low can they go. Um, I think Nick Mullins' ceiling is not as high as Jimmy's ceiling. Um, I think Jimmy can be elite. I'm not sure Nick Mullins can. I think the best he'll, he'll be is is a, a quarterback that doesn't lose your game, which which is good, but it's not. It doesn't win you Super Bowls either. Do you think we can make that judgment so soon? Because effectively, he's in the game ten. It's only his tenth game, and we had this argument when people were were pulling Jimmy apart because obviously Jimmy came into the league twenty fourteen. But he hadn't played that many games and people were pulling him apart saying he'll never be elite. And now we make the same argument against Nick Mullins by saying we don't know what a ceiling is. We we don't think it's as high as Jimmy's. You have to look back to the way the draft has played out over the last 20 years. Tom Brady being taken in the sixth round. Yeah, uh, no, it's 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 what we think now. I, yeah. And we won't know until he proves us otherwise. I think Jimmy's shown he can make crazy throws, you know, the same that Aaron Rodgers can make. Um, and, and when you see those, then you can go, oh, okay. So if that guy can do this on a regular basis, then, then yeah, he is going to be elite. Um, yeah, I haven't seen point. anything crazy out of Nick Mullins. He's, he's threaded the needle a couple of times. So, so just before we move on to Adam, um, I just want to give you one more comparison. So not only do I think he looks like Brett Favre, the way he plays as a gunslinger, um, I'm not sure if you know much about his college history, but he went to the same college as it's Brett Favre, <laughs> and he finished his career leader in every passing statistical category when he left college. So he beat all of Brett Favre's statistics from college. Um, I'm, not, I'm not saying that makes him better than Brett Favre. I'm, I'm just saying they went to the same college, and he ended up coming away from that college as the passing leader in everything. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. So he kind of went under the radar, which is why yeah. we picked him up as an undrafted free agent. Yeah, I mean, all in all, I think I'm 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 happy he's our backup. He's he's a good guy. I think the the whole story with the 
uh, the end zone pylon and everything is pretty awesome. Yeah, and you don't see is, many yeah. players. That's, that's, that's really good. It seems like a nice guy. And uh, yeah, I'm just happy he's won us the game. He played well and, and that's all we needed him to be. Um, so, yeah. I think the reason we were all excited, Dolly, with Jimmy is obviously we struggled when Kyle first came in and we traded for Jimmy and those last five games of the season really got all of us excited. And then last year, so again, Nick Mullins played well last night, but we were playing the Giants. Can he do it against the Saints in a game like Jimmy did last year? And I agree with Nadji. I think we just need to temper our expectations a little, but just see how it plays out. It's a nice problem to have, isn't it? If Nick Mullins yeah. is going to prove to be the best backup in the NFL and Jimmy Absolutely. can take his time. I don't know how Adam feels about the controversy. Uh, well, I mean, I think as far as a, a controversy goes, um, I don't believe there is one. But, I mean, Bill Walsh loved a, a QB controversy. So, I guess we can't really argue with him, can we? Um, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, you stole two, uh, two of my talking points about the, the pylon and, and Brett Favre's passing records. But um, I think, uh, Naji, you, you touched on a good point in, in the fact that, um, of course, everybody's going to, you know, be knocking Jimmy G and trying to bring him down because there was such praise lauded over him and he was going to be the savior and all that sort of stuff. So he's expected to be elite. Um, and then on the flip side, of course, everyone's going to be praising Nick Mullins because everybody loves the the underdog story. Um, yeah. Everybody wants the underdog to do well. And you know, and yes, um, you know, Tom Brady went in the sixth round and 199th pick or whatever it was, but there's a reason that people keep on talking about that is because it doesn't happen very often that you get a great quarterback drafted at number six. It happens even in, sorry, in the sixth round. Um, it happens even less often that you get a great quarterback go undrafted. So, um, you know, I think we need to kind of remember that, you know, people got graded certain ways in the, in, in the pre-draft process. You know, Jimmy um, got drafted in the second round. Some thought he possibly could have gone higher. You know, Bill Belichick wanted him to replace Brady and was outvoted. So, I think we definitely need to to stick with Jimmy and 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 see what happens really before we start um, throwing in Nick Mullins. Um, and uh, I think if if Nick Mullins get does get thrown in, we might see um, the added stresses um, and pressures take its toll because you know, like people have said. He's got nothing to lose, um, so he's he's playing carefree, and perhaps Jimmy G has more to lose, so he's been a bit more careful with the ball than than Nick is. So, what one last thing? Um, obviously, quarterback controversies are normally stoked by one or two things. The first one is the media, and that hasn't quite happened in this instance, but the second one definitely has, and that's us as fans. Yeah, <laughs> we, we we have stoked this. Um, quarterback controversy and I agree with Adam I don't really think there is one um, generally when the media start getting hold of it then you, you kind of think well if the experts and analysts think there's a controversy maybe there is something behind it whereas us as fans we, we kind of latch onto somebody that we like to watch and we make it a controversy nobody else yeah, but I think like Paul says, it, I'll take a I'll take a QB controversy. That's that's a good problem to have. Um, having two good quarterbacks to to win your game is is a great problem to have. I don't don't see why that would be a bad thing. Um, let's welcome it. Um, it's better to talk about Nick Mullins and Jimmy than 
the 14 starters were missing any injuries. Um, I'll I'll take that kind of problem any day. Yeah, definitely. Um, and he, he may he may play like Brett Favre and broken his records, but he looks a little bit like Sam Bradford to me. So let's not mm. get too excited just yet. <laughs> Oh, I think he's made of sterner stuff than Sam Bradford. <laughs> well, Definitely. yeah, let's hope so. So, what did we make of Jason Verrett's performance? I thought he played excellent. Um, I mean, this guy, so much hope on him to to be who he was in 2015 when he made the Pro Bowl, when we signed him. Um, and then he hurt himself again last year. Um, and then, turns out, Carol Witherspoon has hurt himself at practice. And he's going to start. Um, and I thought he had a decent game. But again, we played the Giant and they had nothing. Uh, Daniel Jones, I don't think, had a, one very pretty pass the whole game. And that was it. it didn't, they did not do absolutely anything to challenge anybody. So um, it's just good to see that he went through a full game. He started and finished the game um, without him himself. And... He played good. He made a couple of defense. He had a few tackles. I thought his coverage was good. And I'm sure I'll feel delighted to be, you know, back on the field and having shaken, you know, the cobwebs off and, and hopefully he can compete again. And let's let's have some cornerback controversy now and see who's going to start next week and when Sherman comes back and have, you know, four or five cornerbacks that can start and and compete at a high level. This is a passing league. Having good cornerback is not a bad thing. Yeah, I agree with Nadji. It was. It, I was delighted for him. Obviously, it was well documented when he his first game for us last year. He suffered an injury, didn't he? And he had, he had to come out with a play, and he, he got blown away. But Sunday, he looked quite good. Bring on the cor- cornerback controversy rather than the quarterback controversy. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm glad you say that. So I'm, I'm going to pass this across to Adam. So, with with Jason Verrett in mind and his performance on Sunday, because personally I thought he played an absolute blinder. I, I thought he was really, really good, and I enjoyed watching him play. And I think he's definitely an upgrade to Spoon, without a shadow of a doubt. So, with that in mind, do you think the pass coverage has improved from last season, or should we be ignoring the two games against the rotten Big Apple? Um, I would somewhat I- ignore. Uh, the the two games because um, I mean even though Sterling Shepard was out I, I was expecting the Giants passing game uh, you know with uh, Engram and Slayton and Golden Tate coming back to at least do something but I mean the the Giants biggest threat was when Daniel Jones um, went on a scramble um, so uh, don't get me wrong I, I also think uh, Verrett played exceptionally well. Um, uh, a couple of times, the the ball um, Daniel Jones basically had to throw the ball away because uh, the the receiver he was looking at that Brett was covering, Brett was just all over him. Um, and uh, again, yeah, very happy for him. It's a great you know comeback story uh, to come back from injuries. Um, but yeah, I just I think uh, Jones didn't have time to throw the ball. I think our oh, our um, replacement pass rushers did a great job to put him under pressure. So, um, again, same story with Nick Mullins. I think let's let's see how we handle a slightly better offence before we start uh, start really saying we've got five starting cornerbacks. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Lee was good enough to say Nick Bosa who 
but it was still pretty effective, as Adam said there, against Daniel Jones, whose only weapon seemed to scramble, and that seemed to kind of be off the hoof. It didn't look like it was planned most of the time. Yeah, like a rabbit in headlights. Mm, yeah, looked very much like last week, didn't he? Um, I think I said in the preview, I said, <laughs> we're going to play the same people in different color almost, and that's pretty much where it looked like. Yeah, our D-line played, played a really, really good game. Really happy to see Ansa and Dion Jordan thrown straight into the mix. I think signed it three days ago and having somewhat of an impact. I thought Kinlow, Hyder, uh, Armstead and DJ Jones had an absolutely great game. Um, Armstead, I think, is not going to be flashy this year. I think he's getting a lot of our team. Um, I think he's freeing a lot of people. He's making people around him better and, and that's just... It's not going to show on the stats, which is a shame because he's, he deserves some recognition, uh, especially after Buckner, you know, leaving and now he's the man in there. Um, but yeah, the RD line uh, played amazing. Um, I know you want to talk about Kerry Hyder, um, Lee, so let's talk about him. What a game again, another sack. So many pressure. Um, what did you think? Again, I think, I think he's continued where he left off against the Jets. Like you said, oh, I thought he had a blinder again. Thought it was really good. He, he got that sack, the tackle for the loss, and every time that we were on on the field on defense, which wasn't much to be honest. I mean, that was only twenty minutes in a sixty-minute game, um, because the time of the possession was so one-sided. But every time snaps we, <laughs> on defense, yeah, <laughs> which is great for our defense, it gives them yeah. a rest. But every time he was there, or every time we were on the field, his name seemed to be mentioned all the time getting round to the quarterback, getting the pressures on, or if they were trying to run the ball, he was even there um, stopping the runs as well. So I'm over the moon with the way he's played. I, I mean, so over the moon to the point that I'm absolutely gobsmacked at how good he has been since he came in. Um, I, I certainly wasn't expecting that from Hyder. The person I expected to hear a lot of was DJ Jones. And I'm not saying DJ Jones has had a bad game, I just expected him to be the main name purely based off the impact he had last season. Last season, he was very underrated and uh, he played some great games. So this year, we've got Kerry Hyder. DJ Jones is still playing at a really good level. Dion Jordan has come in. He's getting a sack in his first game and he looked good. Kinlaw looks better each game he plays. He seems to be picking up the pro game, the speed, the nuances really quickly. So that's great. Um, and like you said, Armstead, Armstead's probably not going to get the recognition he needs because he's not getting the, the sack totals or the, the, the sack um, stats. But you're right, he's, he's been double teamed a lot. And he's taken a lot of that pressure off the other guys on the defensive line to get through and get the pressure onto the quarterback. So it's it's quite scary how good we are on defensive line, given the fact that D Ford and Nick Bosa are not playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, it's a good it's a good system. I think uh, we don't mention his name enough. I think, but Robert Saleh's um, defense system and the way they play the game is is pretty special. I think. Um, I think we'll be lucky if we have him for a long time. He, he's probably going to get snatched up by a by some team in desperate need of a of a good head coach very soon, um, and and we'll miss him sorely because, yeah, as you say, you, we're just picking up people off the street and they're making 
a contribution because the unit is good and, and the scheme is good. Um, I don't know if yeah. Adam and Paul want to talk about the D-line again, but... Yeah, I mean, I th- yeah, go on, Adam, sorry. No, thanks. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, again, I think they played absolutely amazing considering, you know, as you say, we, we pretty much picked these guys up off the street. I mean, admittedly, um, you know, Answer and uh, Hyder have played for the D-line coach before in, in Detroit. Um, I'm not going to try and sure. pronounce his surname because <laughs> that's how they get Probably it wrong. Check. Yeah, yeah, Probably. Yeah. Um, but um yeah and and i think um i mean we touched on it in the in the preview show with um you know how how bosa is getting getting double teamed and and not been possibly have the greatest start to the season i think you know those double teams are now rolled to the next best d lineman and armstead but i think if if hyder and and Jordan and, and certainly Kinlaw, who I agree with everything you said, he he's getting better and better, and he looks like he he's he's going to be able to take over games in the not too distant future. I think once those players start picking up and and um, teams start becoming more wary of them, you might see Armstead break through and get a few more sacks, and then it's just going to be well, you know, who do we cover? Who do we double team? Because there's too many of them. Yeah, I was just going to agree with something you said last week, Nadji. I mean, as much as we said the Giants and the Jets are not great, they're still professional football teams. And for the mm-hmm. second week in a row, our defence stifled them. And on Sunday, we were dominant. Like you said, Salah's scheme. To me, it looked like we were blitzing a lot more than what we normally do on Sunday. Um, he seemed to be sending an extra rusher out of the slot. And when I've looked through the stats through the three games of this season, we're actually ranked third overall in total defence second in passing defence and third in, is it PPG allowed? I mean, I know it's only early, it's only three games in, but considering the players that we've got missing, the defence has been a pleasant surprise. And obviously we've got Lee's boy, Hyder, and your boy, Fred Warner. I'm sure we've oh. got lots to say, Nadji. Oh, what a man. Yeah, yeah well, he's our captain, isn't he? There's just no doubt about it. And every week he just, as I said it last week, Patrick Willis is starting to feel like a very distant memory at this point. And, and the more he plays and the more it's going to happen. He He's just a master of the defense in the middle. And every time we need to make a, a big play or a turnover, he's the one doing it. Uh, I mean, the, granted, the pick was a gift from Daniel Jones. That throw was horrible. Um, but you still have to catch it. Um, but the intensity he plays out, every time he makes a tackle, he's the first up and cheering and every time he misses um, a tackle or he allowed a little bit too many yards he's not happy with himself you can tell the way he plays it makes everybody around him uh, try to play a higher level um, I, th- I think that's what I like the most about him not just the way he plays because he's a good linebacker he just he makes everybody around want to play better um, do you think he's playing yeah. at an all, pl- an all pro level I think so um, um I'll be lying if I said I watch every single game and every single linebacker, so it's going to be difficult for me to um, to judge other people. I know TJ Watt's having a good season, and and, and I'm sure there's there's other linebackers out there playing great. But from what I saw and the few games I've seen, um, he's playing better than than some great out there at the moment. Yeah, so absolutely. If he carries on this like this and racking up ten tackles a game, I don't see how he's not going to be an All Pro. 
Yeah, and the thing is, he's not he's not the biggest of linebackers either, you know. And so to be delivering the hits that he's delivering, mm-hmm. um, and and being durable makes him even more impressive to me. And um, you know, I, I, I like like yourself. I don't I don't watch every game. I try and watch a fair few, but um, you know, someone who I imagine watches every game uh, can't for life of me remember who it was. I think it was Spielman. Did he commentate on our game? Um, he called Fred Warner the best middle linebacker in football. So, yeah, I um, let's not let's not argue with him either. And um, <laughs> I mean, TJ, TJ, what? Yes, he, he's having a great season. But I think now, um, like with how they're distinguishing between uh, DNs and and yeah, edge rushers and things like that, yeah. uh, you know, outside linebackers are completely different to middle linebackers. And uh, I must admit, you, you, when you mentioned Patrick Willis, and I saw. Fred Warner, uh, fifty-four. I'm so glad he switched to fifty-four from forty-eight. I did. I did have a allow myself <laughs> to daydream a little bit and think, oh, 52, 53 and fifty-four all playing together. What a defense that would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the day we're missing Dre Greenlow, which you know, I think I think he's is out there as well with one of the best linebacker. Uh, you, you know, with a year less than than Fred Warner, it, it was basically the. Quan Alexander and Fred Warner show on on Sunday, and he just took over. I and I, I thought Quan Alexander had a bad game again. Um, not a bad game per se. I, I, I thought he was a little bit less good than he, he should be. Um, all of the Daniel Jones run on the outside, I'm pretty sure he's got contained and and it just slips by. I think it's just probably more unexpected than anything. Um, but yeah, Fred Warner just doesn't miss a bit ever, uh, it looks like. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to go back to pass coverage for a second, or for a question. So I, I mentioned earlier on whether or not our pass coverage has improved. Obviously, if it hasn't, if we rank second, that's fantastic. I think we were second at the end of the season last season. We, we had slipped from that number one spot. But if we rank second, I think it's got a lot to do with both Jimmy Ward and Andrea Greenlaw in the centre there because their coverage skills are absolutely excellent. In fact, I can't remember which commentator who, who said it was, but um, they did pick them out as being the best two coverage linebackers in the NFL. And coupled with uh, having Sherman on the field when he's fit and Verrett opposite him, if Verrett's going to take that job from Emmanuel Mosley, I, I think we're in a good shape there for pass coverage overall. However, the one player that has disappointed me over the last uh, three games, who, who just doesn't seem to be playing as well as he did last season, is Jimmy Ward. Do you think he's justified that new contract? Well, you know my opinion on Jimmy Ward. I, I've never really liked him. I know he played out of position um, most of his career with us. Um, but I'm a, I'm a safety by trade, um, and I just don't like the way he plays safety. Uh, to me, safeties are playmakers, game changers, uh, disruptors, people like Jamal Adams and Harrison Smith, even though he's, Smith is not having a good season at all at the moment. But, you know, Ed Reed, Troy Polamaru, this, this is the kind of guys I think of when I think safety. Game changers, people that make the quarterback look the other way. Um, and he's never been there. He played good last season, but I've never been sold on him. And I think he's, he's showing he's showing that again. I think he's, he's solid. He's not making mistakes. 
but he's he's never going to win us a game and to me that that's a problem for a free safety or a strong safety i would much 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 rather have a somebody like uh, antoine winfield jr uh, that went in a drive this year um you know playmakers that that's what i look like in a safety so yeah this is my personal opinion i i don't think by all means that he's a bad player i think he's a solid player um he complements really well what we do um which is the no mistake mentality and keep everything in front of you um i'm gonna i'm gonna pass it to adam because he's a he's a wide receiver we all know what a good safety is or no more than i do so <laughs> probably <laughs> um i was i was a bit of a bone-headed safety but um yeah I'm, i've always been lukewarm on him i think he's just exactly where he needs to be yeah i mean i think he like you say he he's he's he fits our scheme he isn't really asked to do a great deal and to be fair I mean I don't think he's been really tested that much I can't think of any deep passes over the middle um, against us in the last three games I think perhaps maybe what works in his favour is the fact that he can come down and play corner as well um, as he did for the first few years Um, having said that I I don't yeah I don't think he's a he's a, a splashy player doesn't he doesn't really make any fantastic plays but um I have to say, and I hope uh, doesn't upset anyone, but I don't also don't think um, Jaquiski Tart has, has particularly been that great um, this season. And um, for me personally, I, I'd, I'd have packaged up Jimmy Ward and Jaquiski Tart and sent them off to the to the Jets for Jamal Adams. Um, yeah. <laughs> and um, you know, I think probably a bit out of our price range, but I think uh, you know Earl Thomas would been would be great in our in our system as well as as the free safety um but uh yeah he, he, i don't I, I don't i don't think he's played that badly i don't really think he's been tested so you say l thomas is out of our price range i can understand why you're saying that but he's currently unemployed um i'm sure if he was offered some money to come back and play he'd rather be earning money and playing than holding out for a check that he may never ever get I think sure. that's more... Yeah, I think you got to you got to justify that paycheck. I think to uh, to uh, you know the people that are signing the checks, and I think until Jimmy Ward starts making glaring mistakes, I don't think you're going to justify um, bringing in that paycheck. It's, I mean, I'm not a contract master, so I don't know if if we cut Jimmy Ward whether we'd um, free up a lot from the salary cap or not, but. Um, yeah, um, and don't get me wrong. There's there is still a bit of uneasiness in me bringing in another ex Seahawk. So um, <laughs> that was just a, just a name that I threw out there as a plane making free safety. Yeah. yeah, I think the old Thomas thing is is more of a character, right? Um, the way he got cut out of Baltimore seems very strange to me. I think that screams trouble in the locker room, and um, you know, Kyle and um, Everybody on on the Niners team has clearly been putting a team together that just. Go, it seems like everybody on our team is a nice guy, um, so I think I think that's where it comes from. Otherwise, um, I'm pretty sure with having Sherman there, having Earl Thomas would have been pretty good for us. But yeah, I agree with you. Having another Seahawk um, in the building is uh, an easing. <laughs> it would be anyway. Yeah. Uh, I yeah, I think, I think Sherman, that's a great uh, point about about the the personality thing. I think that yeah. that goes a long way to um, 
making a team gel if we've got everybody that's kind of the similar mindset and work ethic and unselfish attitude and all that sort of stuff i think that that um that can make up for a, a superstar player um and and uh, maybe and, that, and then, that's where jimmy ward is you know maybe he's just such a nice guy such a hard worker it's it's not a guy you can cut that easy and as you said until he makes glaring mistakes and loses game what would you what would you, safeties on good safeties on easy to come by there isn't that many in the league um so why would you go for the trouble of looking for something and and possibly missing and resetting again when when you've got somebody you can trust? Uh, I I personally wish he, he was better, but uh, you know I'll take it. Okay, so to wrap up, the last two weeks we've seen tremendous performances from both Kendrick Bourne and Brandon Ayuk. We hope to have Debo Samuel back for next Sunday's game against the Eagles. And maybe even Kittle and Reed on the same field together as well. Is it looking as though we've got a potent passing attack now, regardless of who's quarterback? I don't know. It's difficult to say. Um, I'll talk about it for a little bit, and then we'll pass it on to wide receiver expert <laughs> Adam Fisher. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you had a good game. It felt like every drive was scripted. There was the Ayuk drive and then there was the Ken Kendrick Bourne drive and there was the Dwelly drive. Um, so it's hard to say whether, again, we played the Giants and the Jets and yeah, we, we beat them handedly and when we had to, but it's very hard to judge a team on, on you know, on what we've done these two opponent really. But yeah, they played well. If, if you don't play well against him like this, then then you have a problem. Um, so the fact that we did is good. So over to the wide receiver expert. Don't yeah. feel as though there's <laughs> any pressure on you whatsoever after that leading <laughs> no. by Naji. No, that's, that's twice. That's on twice you set me up like that now. Like, right, okay. Um, well, I have to say, um, I was very impressed with Ayuk. Uh, I think he, he needs to have a nickname ASAP. It's got to be something something along with his surname and, and yaks or something like that we need to figure mm. out a decent one but um yeah i think I, I touched on it in the preview show like hitting him on some slants and, and allowing him to get some yards after the catch um and he did that and i think he showed that uh he's got a good understanding of the offense with how they utilized him as well with giving him the ball um on some uh designed run plays um I think uh, he looked pretty handy um, blocking as a wide receiver as well, which for me, um, if, if a wide receiver doesn't doesn't get stuck in in, in the running game and, and doesn't start blocking, then that's that's an immediate benching. Um, Kendrick Bourne, he's the sort of player I love. He seems to be an absolute grafter. You know, he's he's always been sort of like the third or fourth wide receiver, and he seems to be the sort of person that is not happy with that. So he's constantly trying to uh, improve his game. He's you know was um in the gym in the off season you know trying to get better so uh more than happy for him to get more and more opportunities uh jordan reed was my heart was in my mouth when he went oh. down thinking about the uh that, that bloody turf again it is a uh, turf isn't it clearly yes. i think yeah. i think that injury shows it really really well yeah. i don't know if you agree but i saw as soon as i saw his Foot plant and what well, um, that turf is not okay. Yeah, right. It, yeah, yeah, it definitely was the I turf. Mean, 
the fact that, that, that they said, oh, someone from the NFL came out and signed it off, so it must be okay. I'm like, yeah, because the NFL never lie about anything, do they? <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, they're not going to call one of their to their fields uh, inadequate. So, um, yeah, and I think, uh, I mean, George Kittle's George Kittle. He is the best tight end in the league. I don't care what people starting to say about um, Darren Waller at the Raiders. I don't care what people are saying about Kelsey. George Kittle is the best tight end in the league. Um, and uh, I also think um, who, the guy that came in right at the end, I know he's not wide receiver, but um, Jermichael Hasty, I thought, uh, his his first play lined up in slot and ran a good route, caught the ball, a nice hands catch away from his body, which um, I thought he looked great. After seeing him and and uh, and Jeff Wilson, to me, I think you know it's three words. I think we should cut Tevin Coleman, release him, or trade mm. him or something. I think okay. we don't, we don't need him. They free up whatever he's getting paid four million or something. Um, slightly controversial maybe but we talked about it at length I think Um, I agree I agree with you yeah I agree they still look good Um, but again it's the Giants um, and you had six naps it's hard to uh, make a judgment but yeah I'm I'm happy rolling with Mostert Wilson and Hasty and 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 McKinnon obviously we had a good game Um, but yeah you know Jordan Reed uh, Kittle, Debo, and Ayuk um, on the field, um, and we still haven't talked about Trent Taylor, which I think is ramping up. He's he's getting a good catches here and there. I don't think he's quite back to his uh, NFL form yet. Um, I don't know what you think, Paul, but I think defensive coordinator, when everybody's back, are gonna scratch their head out to stop us when all of these people are on the field. No, I agree. Like Adam was saying, Ayuk, he's just shown what a handy weapon he's developed into in the names. Yeah, I'm sat here thinking, when are they going to be on the field at the same time? Debo, Kittle, <laughs> Ayuk, Taylor, Reed, And, you know, we've touched upon it many a times in the previews. Kyle Shanahan uh, gets a lot of praise. Everyone talks about him being a genius. But I think Adam mentioned it earlier on tonight. All the players were just so well scripted. And, I mean, the touchdown for Ayuk. He just oh, ran in untouched. untouched. It was, you know, you just sit back and you think, we are a good football team. You can't watch a player like that. And again, it's against the Giants. But I'm excited. I don't know what you guys are feeling like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's exciting to think of what they could all be like on the field together, as I said earlier. Yeah, it's... um, uh, Yeah, I've, I'm actually... My expectations are rising back up after this because... If we can get off this slump and uh, injury slump, I mean, and have a good record, well, look, the Cardinals lost, the Rams lost. Um, I'm sure the Seahawks will lose very soon. Their defense is terrible. Um, uh, we're right, we're right in this. Um, so, yeah, I mean, us at full strength with Kyle Shanahan cooking up some some crazy plays and our defense playing the way we are with, you know, basically third, third preseason level, you know, people on the field and destroying teams like we did. Um, there's a start that the NFL, there's, there's never been so many games of 30 points plus, uh, except against us, nine points, 12 points and yeah, 24 in the first, in the first week. But we I mean, look, 
look look at our team, Nadji. I mean, we're missing, like you said, the start starting quarterback, both starting running backs, our number one receiver, the best tight end in the league, which I agree with Adam, our backup tight end, starting centre, both best edge rushers, a defensive lineman, a starting linebacker, and it's top three cornerbacks. Yet we're not supposed to look as good as we did on Sunday. I mean, again, we, the game against the Jets, the following Monday, we were all so deflated. We were all so flat. Fast forward to tonight, I couldn't wait to do the podcast. I've just been bouncing around on a high all day. Fielding <laughs> messages <laughs> from Rams fans. That's 48 orange twirls for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. But like you said, we're just, and we're bubbling away and it's coming back nicely. A, a few teams might have given up and we haven't. And I just think the way Kyle's led the team, you know, he's moulded the team into like, it's resilient and it's tough. And if you look at the, you said on the preview, so look at the good luck story that's coming out of this. You know, Ross Dwelly, Kerry Hyder, mm. Jason Verrett. You know, we're not supposed to be sat here saying, wow, look at these guys. They played really well. Yeah, I mean, I think I think last year we thrived on on everybody counts out um, right at the start of the season. And, you know, Richard Sherman, as much as I'm still still see him as a Seahawk. Um, you know, he was saying, no, if you if you if you know you, if you count this out at the start of the season, keep counting this out. And I think coming into this season, a lot of people were picking us to go back to the the Super Bowl, and then all the injuries. You know, week one happened, and then injuries happened, uh, and now people are starting to write us off again. So I'm like, yeah, keep writing us off. You know, because uh, it seems like Carl and, and John Lynch they've they've built a team that loves proving people wrong yeah you're not wrong there right time has got away from us today and um, that was mm. 49 minutes 49 seconds <laughs> oh. so, QB controversy yeah <laughs> <laughs> so thank you to everyone that joined the virtual tailgate on zoom it was an interesting exper- experiment which we'll be repeating later in the season thank you also to everyone that contributed to the game day thread there were some interesting points raised during the game, most of which we've talked about during the show. Thanks once again to everyone that listens to the show. We'll be back on Friday with the Eagles preview show. If you haven't done so already, please rate us on iTunes and remember to subscribe to ensure you get the latest podcasts when they are released. Also, check out our YouTube channel by searching for 49er Faithful UK. And lastly, thank you to Naji, Paul and Adam for joining me on the short night. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Until Friday, stay safe and go Niners. Go Niners. Go Niners. Niners.